can't stand the heat. So hot. Oh, you can say that again. Makes us wonder why any of us agreed to sign on board the Sun Probe. Oh, hello everyone, and welcome to this week's installment of It's Too Darn Pigging Hot! Ah, uh, some of my best friends are pigs. No, 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 not that Sun Probe. Things aren't that desperate. Not yet, anyway. Oh, but I can't deal with this heat today. Temperatures up around the 120s again. Gentlemen, I propose that we abandon this ill-advised mission to the sun, and instead we set course for... for... for that planet full of buxom young ladies who who run around in red skin-tight spandex and, and whip their menfolk when they've been naughty. <laughs> Does that sound like a plan to you, boys? Of course. Yes, sir. <laughs> right. And that ties in rather neatly with this week's randomizer selection. It's Space 1999, Devil's Planet. So, welcome back, everybody, to Space 1999, Season 2, everybody's favourite. The status report, 2306 days after leaving Earth orbit. With Devil's Planet, which is uh, an... An interesting episode to talk about, I think, uh, for several reasons. Kicking off with this... Commander John Koenig has lifted off an Eagle One on a reconnaissance mission. With him is Blake Main of the medical rescue team. That's it, Koenig and Dead Meat. Uh, sorry, uh, Blake Main have uh, set off from Alpha to investigate this... Uh, there is vegetation. ...planet and moon they've discovered. And what's interesting is that... Uh, that audio from Barbara Bain there giving the Alpha log entry... It's the only time you're going to get any new material of her this episode. As previously discussed in uh, one of the Fab Facts segments, this was one of the episodes that was shot um, side by side with another another episode, Dorzak. Normally they would split the cast. Um, Landau would lead the cast in one episode, Bane would lead the cast in another, and the rest of the cast would be split between the two. But in this episode, it is basically just Koenig. And one or two others, um, mostly newbies and first, first appearances, that... Uh, We'll see in a bit. Anyway, it's all looking very promising for Koenig and his faithful chum. I'm thinking of a life form signal. I mean, he's even wearing a red coat. It's not quite a red shirt, but we know he's going to... north of what seems to be the city. We know he's going to have a long and uh, fruitful career on this show. Especially with this being uh, two episodes away from the end of the series. A fairly unconvincing alien city model there, but I suppose, given what we find out later, it is meant to look... Uh, fairly disused. Lots of trees about the place. First of some lovely effects work in this episode. Eagles in forests. That always looks nice. Especially when they crash and go... Life from signals cut out. Hmm. There was a person here and now there is no persons. What have we got here? It looks like a sort of uh, portaloo in the middle of the woods. Giving it a thorough examination, we're walking around every side of this thing. Mr. Deadmeat even smiled at us, like, wow, a, a big box. And then we see the bodies. Rather a lot of bodies, in fact. All wearing uh, grey jumpsuity things. And we're about to head over to uh, Alpha to get their reaction to all this. Now, keep in mind, this is a serious, you know, potentially this is another Operation Exodus situation. You know, we could be about to abandon Alpha, come and live on this new planet. So who have we left in charge? Body perfectly preserved. Time of death indeterminate. Cause of death? That's a good question. Any theories, Blake? 
Bill Fraser has been left in charge of Alpha, which I, I kind of like because I like the character and I like the actor John Hug. And we've seen a couple of hints in the second series that he was maybe part of the command structure of Alpha. So it's nice to get some uh, indication finally that he you know, he can take over if, if everyone else is busy. But I don't know where the rest of them are in this episode. A nice zoom in on one of the dead men. Blake opens the eye and... Well, everyone reacts as if it's uh, something very nasty. Whatever it was, it hit the central nervous system. Must have caused tremendous pressure to explode those blood vessels. Form of nerve gas. A lethal pathogen that invaded their bodies. Or bacteria released in the atmosphere. Or they stubbed their toe, I, I don't know. Oh, who's this beaming into the uh, interesting box in the middle of the woods? It's an Elvis Presley impersonator. Who seems very pleased to see them. But up on Alpha, no one's uh, too keen on this. No! Don't touch him! Don't go near him! He could be contagious. Get off! Get off that planet! Yeah, everyone on the planet is dead, and now Mr. Elvis Presley impersonator is uh, really making the most of his death as he goes down. That's it. He's at it. Oh no! I do love this. Featuring Tony Anholt. Yeah, it's a blink and you'll miss him. Must have been in his contract anyway. City 2. Everybody on that planet is dead. Oh, that's perfect for you guys to move in. The nerve-killing pathogen. Our systems must have a built-in immunity. Or it would just take longer to affect you guys. Satellite of Mother Planet has same atmosphere, vegetation. Let's make a pass over that moon and see what else we can pick up. We'll track you, Eagle 1. Over and out. And that was the introduction of Alib, uh, played by Alib Parsons, because at this point they've just completely up, uh, given up on uh, interesting uh, names for the new characters. She is the second replacement for Sandra. That was her introduction, incredibly enough, to the series. And uh, also up on Alpha for this week, uh, giving medical advice, we have uh, Sam Dastor as Dr. Ed Spencer giving... Um, Main drive! It's only his second appearance on the show, so it is a... Alpha does look particularly sorry state. Um, Secondary drive. Emergency. It's just Fraser and Spencer and Alib. Where is everyone else? It's not functioning. Anyway, no time to worry about that. We have got... Eagle 1 of Moonbase Alpha. We're out of control. Connect to Moonbase Alpha. And the fact that none of the named regulars are really here... Alpha Eagle 1. When Koenig calls his distress call in... You're having to rely on the extras to look concerned. To me on Eagle 4. And for the... The new actors, Parsons and Dastor, to actually know what's going on. Uh, it is, it's, um. You know, I, I like that we've got an episode um, giving them a bit more, well, not prominence uh, as such, but I, I kind of like the idea that uh, all this has happened maybe during the night shift or something. But it does look a bit silly that, uh, given what we see later in the episode, we don't get any reaction from Helena, Maya, Tony, Alan. To what's going on here. Vertical thrusters, maximum drive. Anyway, looks like Koenig and um, Mr. Live Long and Prosper is gonna. Oh, they were nearly gonna crash into the woods. Think we can pull out of it? Think we can pull out of it? No! Oh, I love this crash. This is an awesome crash. Straight through the woods. All the. All the bits of wood is flying all over the place. Gorgeous stuff. And uh, they both get thrown about quite a bit as well. Come on, let's get out of here. This thing's liable to blow. Don't quite match up with the uh, live-action footage, though, as Koenig and uh, Mr... Oh, he's fallen over now. Mr. Red-shirted, doomed to die. Ooh. 
here whips yeah they're, they're back on the uh, the forest set now effectively stranded the eagles crashed they didn't manage to get much equipment out and there's a man on the run also in a, a drab grey uniform like the uh, dead bodies on the planet were wearing being chased by um, three ladies in leotards carrying whips red leotards in fact and I like how they've uh, tried to make this this forest set seem bigger than it is by just putting a lot of trees and foliage in front of the camera so you can't really see what you're looking at anyway our runaway nearly made it to the central column but the ladies with the whips aren't having any of that and Blake Main here he comes and there he goes. Dead. Frazzled. All that's left is his uniform. And Koenig barely has time to react to that before he gets uh, whipped around the throat and conked on the head by one of the naughty ladies. Now this is an episode that uh, I used to, whenever it came up on my rewatch of, of a show, if I was marathon rewatching the show, and I saw this one coming up, I'd think, oh, oh dear. It's an episode that I, I never actually look forward to seeing, and then when it comes up, I always enjoy it far more than I was expecting to. I'm not sure what it is. Be he incarcerated here on the penal planet of Entra. But this might have something to do with it. The mother planet of Elna is to destroy one of the basic principles for which civilizations of all galaxies have fought. Roy Marsden as uh, one of the prisoners on the, uh, the, prisoner. the Devil's Moon. This is Crail, all life making an appeal on behalf of another prisoner to the uh, I am touched by your eloquence, Crail. The tyrannical prison warder Elysia, who is mistress of Antra, embrace what's right. Played by Hildegard Neal, wife of Mr. Brian Blessed, in fact. And to each and every prisoner who has ever been sentenced to Entra from our mother planet. And these are extras playing the group of prisoners, um, including the one that Crail is defending. Um, they are at least half of them, I would say, have previously appeared on Moonbase Alpha as extras. So long as I am the ruling force, I will not tolerate any abuse of the freedom of speech. Not by anyone. Yes, married to Brian Blessed, and uh, I, I like... I, I was reading Brian's uh, autobiography not too long ago, and um, he did say something I thought was quite sweet. It was uh, amazing. She hasn't yet left me or just uh, abandoned me in the woods, which I thought was quite sweet. The hunt for him. Inhuman. Chance for freedom to return to Elna? One out of a hundred survive the hunt. Yeah, Marsden in this is just, oh, something very special. And what's even, one of them, the um, I was going to say stranger, but I think sadder is that this is actually Roy Marsden's second appearance on the show. And he was previously seen in that most beloved and classic of Space 1999 episodes, The Rules of Luton. He was one of the three monsters shambling around in a quarry. And if you didn't know that before, you do now, and isn't that just so sad? Is he? That's borderline like, I don't know, if, if, if someone told me that Patrick Stewart was in one of those costumes, it's just, no, you don't put, you don't put Roy Marsden in a monster costume and send him out into a quarry to stumble around. Subjects named John Koenig, Commander of Moonbase Alpha. Moonbase Alpha was a satellite of a planet called Earth. Koenig's mind is being read by the uh, the entrant interrogator, and this is another actress I I like in this show, and I believe. It's very force field. He sent a message, and his people will be served. I, I believe this is actually her last screen acting role. Well, they can have him. 
She'd been quite busy through the 60s and early 70s. He has been to Elna. He knows that everybody there is dead, that everybody sent there dies. Oh, well, we'll give him a handsome funeral. So, Koenig is, uh, is not long for this world by the sound of it. We're approaching the quadrant of the commander's last message. Try to pick up Eagle One on your sensor. Well, that was a great scene. Uh, yeah, this is one of those uh, episodes, as you'd get in the original Star Trek sometimes, where most of the action takes place on the planet, and every so often you get like a brief moment of a couple of the regulars looking for the uh, the missing crewmates. One year off for good behaviour. But Roy Marsden has, uh, has managed to accomplish something today. He's got one of his fellow inmates released, by the look of it. There is justice when one earns it. And this guy is, is definitely an Alphan, a former Alphan. Oh, he's in the uh, crowd scene at the end of the Seance Spectre. That's right, because he looks almost exactly like one of the guest characters in that episode. Anyway, bye, Baron. Baron, he's being beamed when back. You are ready. You may activate. To the uh, the phone box in the forest on Elna. There's a phone box in the uh, the room here on Entra. And he's heading home after serving his prison sentence. Must be a very great day for him. This is what everybody on Entra is uh, is looking forward to. There he is, home and safe. Um, nobody's come to meet him. Not where everybody is. This is an, another classic death. <gasps> oh, I've got tummy ache. Oh, it hurts. And down. May I speak, Elysium? And it looks like Koenig and Maine moved the body of the previous dead guy who died right in front of them. He falls on the same exact spot. We have released many prisoners. Not only have we never heard from them again, but Elna has stopped beaming up any new prisoners. Everyone listens to the weekly reports beamed here. They have news from their home, their families. What is there to wonder about? Hearing news is not seeing news. You prisoners are political troublemakers. We cause no more trouble. You've beaten us down, siphoned the militancy out of us. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is about this episode that I, I, I find actually does work, despite its, uh, shall we say, tendencies. I do think it's it's in the guest cast here, uh, with of Marston and, and Neil. Very few of us have realised. I'm not sure how much of what makes both these characters work is there on the page. Fleet the term of imprisonment on good behaviour. I think certainly there's enough to get by. The hunt. And despite the obvious... Um, Thing that this episode is is mostly remembered for, which is uh, you know just heard it there, uh, young ladies in tight red leotards um, running around with whips. How fortunate that you never cease to amuse me, Craig. I do feel that this episode is realised in perhaps a slightly more first series way than I'll put his thoughts on the screen than you might have been expecting at, at this point in the series. And here we go. We're going to see inside Koenig's head. What's important to him? Clips of eagles. Well, fair enough, he is the commander of Moonbase Alpha. It's probably what you'd see in my head as well. Let us observe his friends. No, they're not in this week's episode. We're going to see Helena looking uh, thoughtful, Tony looking uh, happy, Maya turning into a oh, panther, a metamorph, and now a bird. He's very attractive. He's not in this week's one, love, sorry. I find especially appealing. Oh, she's more, more for Koenig. Does this species know passion? How far do you want to go? Ah, oh, hugging Helena. 
Very interesting. Which his spacecraft, his friends, or his romances? The fact that clips from old episodes is the only way most of his co-stars actually made it into this episode. Does he know how to produce immunity to the nerve bacteria on the home planet? Why didn't he die? I don't know yet. The prisoners are beginning to wonder about things on the home planet. Tell them the truth now about Elna and they might understand. Again, this is another nice relationship. They will learn the truth someday. You think the the interrogator? This is a, a Dora Reiser is the actress name. That's it. I remember now. From our barrier against disaster. She seems like a good woman who isn't 100% comfortable with what she's being asked to do. They won't believe him. Their minds have been programmed to think my way. Particularly with regard to uh, the fact that everyone on their home planet is dead. She's one of the few people who knows. She also clearly has the ear of Elysia and she's sort of begging her to do the right thing. But uh, Cease interrogation. Elysia, Elysia's got a bit of a thing for power. And Koenig's been thrown in a cell with uh, three other prisoners. One of them is uh, Angus McGuinness, play... Um, Alpha. Never heard of it. <laughs> who was in uh, Star Wars, the first Star Wars. And also R Rogue One, in fact. He was uh, the leader of the uh, Y-Wing Squadron, I think. Now, wait a minute. Nobody said... You tell her we're not plotting an insurrection. All we plan is how to outwit the hunters. And that kind of plotting is permitted. You mean... You want to be hunted. Oh, that's right, spy, alien, whatever you are. We volunteer for the hunt. If we reach the sanctuary column, without being killed first, we get to go free. To go home. Oh, so that's what everybody's running for. That's what Koenig saw. To Elna, home planet. Uh-oh. Everybody's dead down there. I love this reaction as well. You liar! You liar! <laughs> I like that. I saw all the people. And of course, Elysia and the interrogator are uh, are watching all this on the screen. My family's on there. Hold it! Hold it, says Koenig, just before punching someone in the face. What killed all of them? And how come you didn't die? I don't know what killed them. Maybe, maybe some sort of a plague. That is an, a, a slightly unsatisfactory part of the story. I think we don't ever actually find out what's killed everybody on Elmer. Attention, all is that the Alpha News Service sting from the first season? Prisoners, this is your weekly news from home planet. Oh, here we go. This is a nice example of uh, Elysia's power. At midtime on Solar Day, both are doing well. Congratulations, Prisoner Brannock. There was a large... Yep, just she can uh, issue a news broadcast whenever she likes, saying whatever she wants, and completely undermining Koenig's position. Oh. Everyone's dead on home planet. I don't understand. <laughs> I know what I saw. And poor old Baron died the minute he stepped out of the transbeamer. I wonder how immune you'll be to a noose around your neck. Koenig is saved from being strung up by... <laughs> The ladies with the whips. And again, this is rather a, a sort of pulp sci-fi-ish idea. That, well, um, it would have been such a waste. You know, you'd sort of see in like 1950s uh, sci-fi, was it um, things like Catwomen of the Moon or um, or similar. Um, I'm Alicia, overseer of this penal colony. They thought you sent me up here to spy on them. Which only goes to prove my contention. The prisoners who try to think are dangerous. I, I really like Elysia as a character, and I kind of wish, almost, I almost wish you could t 
lift up this episode and plonk it down in the first season and see how it would have um, how it would have played out there. I don't think it would have been one of the best episodes by any means, but I think the um, sort of the scheming qualities of, of particularly Elysia and um, her interactions with Crail and the interrogator are. We've probed your brains. What? They are characters more in the style of the first season than the many other guest villains in the second series. They, their motivations are more genuine and more, more interesting. A precisely three hours. Oh, that was our brief reminder that uh, Fraser and Aleb are still on the case. My people know where I am. They'll come for me. Your people aren't in this episode. Stay with me, and you will experience undreamed of pleasure. Well, until I tire of you. What's your boredom quotient? Well, that would be determined by you. Alien spaceship is within our outer quadrant, on a direct course for us. Put him behind the screen. One point to Koenig. Oh, okay. Um, that's not Landau. There's a shot as the ladies start throwing their whips around. That was clearly um a stunt double for for Landau. Which is odd, considering he didn't actually have to do anything there except walk away. Koenig has now been uh, locked in a sort of uh, cell with a transparent door that just kind of appeared out of the wall. Fraser and Aleb, I think, are finally on their way to Entra. You are approaching the penal colony of Entra. Stay clear. Our scanner shows the wreckage of one of our spacecraft. No ship is permitted to land on this planet. Two of our pilots are in that. They died in the crash. Then we must land to return them to Moonbase Alpha. As much as I like Fraser, this episode I don't think it's a particularly good showing for him, aside from seeing him in Command of Alpha. We're coming into land. Shooting if we have to. He doesn't seem particularly confident about all this. But then he's never been in charge of the whole base before. He's never had to carry the show before. We're being scanned. Oh, I love how confidently Alib says that as a great big unmissable green light is wafted all over the set. They carry missiles. Missiles? What happened to the laser? Enough to penetrate our defence shield. When did we have missiles? Try to come through our defense screen. Your electronic systems will burn out. We've contacted our base. They know we intend to land. If we don't make it, Alpha will send more powerful weapons to blast your planet. Yeah, I'm really scary. You better do as I say. Do that. Try us. You have one minute to decide. Yeah, that showed them. You lied. No, I... <laughs> I love that we cut back to Koenig with his hand over his face. It's just, oh, God, Fraser, what are you doing? We do not come like I said, I, I do genuinely like Fraser. I like that he is just this, just this nice, average, um, reliable guy. You are clear to land. But in this episode, he's he's not. Trailer will see that you touched down safely. He's not got the, the the presence to really carry this subplot. If he were the co-pilot for someone else, like Tony, for instance, then it might work. They will only find evidence of two deaths: the one who has already died. And his. Ah, they're going to fake, uh, fake two scorched bodies. And while the ladies with the whips get the prisoners to work, Koenig has been, uh, he's been given his own grey jumpsuit. Just like all the other prisoners. I'll go straight ahead. Crail is getting uh, one of his fellow prisoners to dress up as Koenig and pretend to uh, walk through the woods, leaving footprints in order to fake Koenig's uh, apparent death for Fraser and Aleb. But the fence is switched off. Just go into the middle and take your clothes off. Ooh. You first. 
And Roy Marsden's walking out to the point where this guy needs to take his clothes off. See, nothing's wrong. Roy Marsden can get through okay. He's grinning and happy. Everything's fine. So his, his inmate friend has uh, followed him out there. Marsden goes back and... He's cooked. And this is one of my favourite moments of the episode. You promised you wouldn't do this. Marsden looks so... It's worse than the hunt. ...devastated by his friend's death. Promise and self-preservation, Crail. What choice would you have made? As he does quite a few times in this episode, you can see... As you said. ...the suffering on this planet genuinely affects him. So Fraser and Elieb are here. I do like that uh, Elieb hasn't even been given any kind of introduction. It's just at this point in the series, you know, she is woman, man in communication desk. Fraser! But Koenig knows who she is. Oh yeah, that's the shot. That look, it just looks like a, a blob of chewing gum on an unconvincing model. I mean, you can see the the flecks of paint, um, of the, the paintbrush in the white and the HD transfer. I'm Fraser of Moonbase Alpha. Alib, communications officer, Moonbase Alpha. Her name badge says Amerson. I've just noticed. Another of the wonders of HD. We have refreshments waiting. Thanks, but we'd like to get to the scene of the crash as quickly as possible. Under the circumstances, refreshments are not our top priority. Oh, she must have... The entrant catering corps must be very devastated. I love that line. It's one of several very odd lines that Alib gets in the course of just three episodes. And again, she's, she's an, a performer I like in this show. I kind of wish, much like with Sam Dastor, I wish they'd found her earlier. But uh, sadly, it wasn't to be anyway. The pilot section isn't totaled. They survived. Fraser and Alib are rather... Relieved to find the eagle is mostly intact. It'll be after your spaceship crashed. And before we could reach them, they stumbled into one of our boundary defences. Oh, no, and walked into it here. Guided tour of charred, uh, charred clothes. There's uh, first on our tour is uh, the charred remains of Blake Main. Uh, don't know who he was. We'll carry on. Commander Koenig footprints go to here. That's it. So a pile of charred clothes. I like the pan up from uh, from Alib then to Fraser and off Fraser to uh, Elysia and the interrogators. Like, is he buying it? Is he buying it? Is, is this convincing enough to fool them? And of course, it is. That's it, they're going. They've not even uh, asked if they can take the remains away with them, I don't think. And again, this is a good example of... Yeah, Alib is crying in the co-pilot's seat and, you know, if that was Sandra sat there, it would carry weight. If it were Helena sat there, it would carry weight. And despite the fact that Alib is not the worst actress in this show, the fact that this is the first episode we've seen her in, her crying about Koenig's death means nothing. Anyway, Elizia is looking very smug. She has now got Koenig all to herself. Ooh. So Koenig has now been taken to Elysia's uh, throne room and she's changed into something a bit more comfortable. Koenig has also noticed the uh, the, the transmat tube in the corner of the room, or a transmat chamber. Transbeamer. Transbeamer, sorry. The magic door to the home planet. The magic door to certain death. Oh, that would have been a good title. And I call it Hope. Hope? Hope is better than, was it creation or destruction? The hope without which there would be nothing but despair. The hope that makes them eager to be the quarry on the hunt. 
This is why Elysia is so fascinating, aside from a really good performance from Hildegard Neal, the fact that she's she's not only holding on to power for its own sake, but she recognises the ways in which she can use it to keep, you know, keep keep morale up. Um, Example of double think. Similar to your situation. Not just for the uh, the Elnan prisoners who've been sent here, but also for Koenig. You are dead. Ooh. And she even has a little, uh, I don't know what we call that, little laser pain stick thingy to... This promises to be more enjoyable than I had anticipated. Render him a bit more uh, compliant. In front of an audience? Uh, of course. It's all right, you can kiss her. Helena's not in this week. Bane's off on another set. She won't get angry if you snog Hildegard Neal. And he does. And throws her into the nearest guard. That's it. Oh, he, uh, he touched that lady in a rather inappropriate place as he threw her across the room, I believe. Now, now we have a camera um, pointing at one of these um, give the hand to poor young ladies' um, spandex-clad bottoms. Um, yeah, I can't deny this episode is—it's a visual something. I—I uh, I, I try not to focus on that side of it because I think there is a genuinely good story underneath all this, supported by some wonderful performances. So I kind of let the uh, the slightly more. Fetishistic aspects of the uh, costume design in this episode kind of, um, I kind of let it slide. That's it, Koenig is now on the run, heading back for the Eagle, and Elizia is leading a whole squad of um, her soldiers after him. This is the point where that uh, long cape she wears kind of seems like a liability. And again, although this set clearly is just a studio set. I do like how they seem to have made a, a lot of good use of what must have been very limited space to have all these trees and plants and such in there. Um, see, you know, I've got half a dozen um, uh, beautiful ladies running around in, in skin-tight spandex. I am I am concentrating on the trees. Oh, Koenig's found all the, uh, the weapons on the eagle have been trashed. Find something else to do. Homing transmitters. That's something we can do. Grab one of those. Activate. And what else can he do before he leaves? Ah, jump out the eagle. That's um. I'm a bit lost at this point. The um, the model and the interior set and the exterior set of the eagle aren't quite matching up. Anyway, Koenig has made it out of there with a homing transmitter and a. Um, well, a little blue cylinder of gas. I don't know if that's meant to be a, uh, a fire extinguisher or something. Oh. Yep, his stunt double is uh, using it on the ladies. And now we're having a bit of a fight with one. Again, that stunt double. I've never noticed that before, but that is very noticeable. Oh, and he punched one of the uh, guard ladies in the face. She's not having any of that. Oh, maybe she is. Yeah, another punch. There's no use trying to contact your people. Your signal cannot get through our defense shield. Ah, now that you know that, I'm going to let you throw me over your shoulder. Oh, Koenig's done quite well there. He is walking in the direction of the main complex. That's it. He's just strolling back. And all the guards are following him. Interrogator. The alien is returning to our custody. Permit no one to interfere with his progress. I like that she has to give that order considering that he's like two feet away from her and the set is 
He's not that large, but anyway, he's back in the throne room where the interrogator and Crail are waiting for him. He will wait until Alicia arrives. If there was one thing I could change about this, actually, I think I would have liked um, a scene with um, Koenig and Crail interacting with each other. Some kind of a conversation, just something. I'm just making it more convenient for Alicia to transport me. Transportation is for... Oh, he's making his way over to the... Uh, Trans beamer booth in the corner of the room. What's more important, Alicia? Aha! He's in. So I've outwitted you. If you attempt to activate the trans beamer, you will be disintegrated. Oh, there's a threat. But if she fires, she'll also disintegrate this trans beamer. And none of you will ever see home again. Ah, yeah, because they've only got the one, apparently. Yeah, that's true. They've only got the one. If there's no hope for the prisoners, we'll be unable to control them. We will find another way. But what about us? Some of us are completing our tour of duty. Oh yeah, the guards. She hasn't thought of that. It's not just about her and the prisoners. The alien is full of surprises. Yes, Crail. He's treacherous and devious. I think Crail's enjoying this. Beamer. Hear me first. Yep, he's gonna he's gonna make a speech. He likes making his speeches, does Crail? There is talk amongst the prisoners that the alien claimed all are dead on Elna. Yes, that's true. No. 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 Elysia knows it. But she's lied to you. I do like the uh, the interrogator's look of, uh-oh, we are so screwed. Everyone were dead on Elna. Why would he want to go there? Hmm. Point counterpoint. Koenig's struggling to think of a retort to that. Wait! Wouldn't you prefer death to torture? What, now? To Elysia's brand of torture. Oh. Saris, order your guards to do their duty or you end up in a cell. Elysia's lies are your only prison. And I, I believe this actress playing uh, the guard Saris died reasonably young as well, which is rather... If there's no death, Hanelda... Rather sad. Elysia can follow and bring me back. Oh, that's it. That's the challenge. That's the challenge she can't refuse. She can't lose face in front of her own people. She has to follow him. And he's gone. I let him go. Mm, now she has to spin it. Oh, hey, the uh, the dead Elvis impersonator is back on uh, on Elna. Considering that the last time we were here, the the guy with the moustache died exactly where that guy had previously died. Now the first dead guy is back again. Oh. Anyway, Koenig is signalling. Code number Eagle One. It's impossible. Let's find out. Yeah, let's find out together, Bill. I also love that there's um. There's no, not even a hint at a reaction from anyone on Alpha. It's like, Koenig may be dead, well, who cares? Happens every week. Just don't be in alien. He lies, I tell you. Oh, Elysia's surrounded. And even the interrogator. Tell them he lies. Won't come to her aid. I'm not political. Oh, that's it. That's a burn. She's out. And at this point, Crail has more authority over the guards than Elysia does. Come, Crail. And he's just a prisoner, and she's appealing to the people that she's been holding hostage. Prove to them that Elna is what you say it is. Otherwise, they'll flay you alive. Oh, that's it. He knows. He knows it's true, and he knows she can't resist. And when I come back, they will worship me again. But she has to have the last word. Back, they'll curse you as a tyrant. Oh. Which do you desire it to be, Crail? Whichever gives us most hope. That's it. This is why I I, I think I, I genuinely 
think of this as a good episode because of those kinds of interactions. It is more a, a first season dynamic for guest characters than a second season one. So it's like, from a production standpoint, it, 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 this may be a bit sort of at the, the tired end of the season. Let's just get these last few episodes done. But I think there's I'll take you with me. there's a better story and better characters going on here than that. Anyway, Lizzie has now followed Koenig to Elna. I do hope I've been getting those names right all the way through this. It's very difficult to keep track. And after a couple of blasts from her gun... Oh, oh, oh. And she's dead. But we've still got... Yeah, as far as I know, we didn't get any explanation for what killed all the people on this planet. Nor why it doesn't affect the Alphans. But uh, here comes... Fraser and Alib to rescue Koenig and I, considering that Koenig is walking away from a, a pile of dead bodies, I do find this an odd choice of incidental music to end the episode on. That is um, Tony beer brewing music to end an episode on. Anyway, that was Devil's Planet, which I, as I said, I... Um, I think I, I, I come to like more and more as the years go by. It, um, you know, from a visual standpoint, there are elements in there that uh, maybe sort of override the genuinely positive qualities that this episode has, in particular the characters, the, the dialogue, and um, three great guest performances, Hildegard Neal, Roy Marsden, and Dora Reiser. Some really good stuff here. 